0: point of this i recorded um last week's around two days ago and boy did that wear me out (laughs) current time of speaking i am about five shows behind in the g1 because you know how it goes you just miss one and then it just sort of snowballs and now i have 25 matches to catch up on so time for a little experiment ladies and gentlemen i'm gonna just review a match right after i finish watching it and see if that produces any better. This is probably going to be quite a long podcast, but hopefully more interesting than last time, Where it's just one-minute reviews where I could hardly remember the matches, because it is a lot of fucking matches. And, you know, there's only so many things you can get out of a Yoshihashi match. Oh, yes, I'm going to be burying him today. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Poor Yoshihashi. He deserves it. If he comes to Ring of Honor this year, I'm booing the fuck out of him. (laughs) Like, I, I go as far as to say Punishment Martinez is better because he actually put on a pretty good match against Kenny King earlier this year when I saw him. Speaking of, have you seen, guys, how bad the Edinburgh show is selling for Ring of Honor? Like, most of the seats are still there. I think they've priced it a little bit high, maybe, like 30 quid um, for the worst tickets. About eighty quid for the best, you know. Just I'm gonna be able to sneak into a better seat like you did last time. Like the last time, like in the entirety of the, like the yellow section on one side wasn't full. So I j- just after the first match, as Evil and Sonata was coming out, I just went round and sat in like the fourth row. It was glorious. But yeah, I'm definitely doing that this time because no one's sitting there. Be selfish not to like to make those seats go to waste, you know. So, but yeah yeah okay let's try this again i'm gonna just review a match right after i watch it and if it's worth talking about i'll go into detail if not i'll be like 30 seconds of it was fine here's a nice spot here we go all right <laughs> oh god i'm gonna die this is 25 new japan matches attempted in a day i need to get a life first match was michael alcanza switch played and holy fuck! again i literally just watched it what a Match, it was so good. Um, the first sign was going to be good. One, it was for two best performers so far in block A. I'm not joking, these two have had the most consistent performances so far, and it's paid off by them both being undefeated going into this match. Someone was coming out of this match, the head of the block, and I love that. I <laughs> put so much more stakes into the match. Um, this wasn't so much a big man versus small man match like you normally see with Elgin, it was more veteran versus non veteran. Um, jay white continues to be the enemy of ref there was another ref bump in this is there going to be a ref bump in every jay white match because if so i am down for that i am down for the enemy of the ref gimmick that sounds amazing um Algin hitting big chops off of the match it, i just watched a walter match a few days ago so i think that sort of ruins chops for me because it's sort of like nothing's gonna top a walter chop but, you know, it was fine, and then hit a tope to a teeter, Never not going to be impressive to someone the size and girth of Big big Mike, the same with him hitting a Norman light. That was great. Um, Elgin set up for a burning hammer, and I was fucking marking out. Whenever a burning hammer is set up, I am marking out. Please, Elgin, hit the burning hammer at some point. Hit Yoshihashi with it. He deserves it. <laughs> um, Elgin... Um, there was a point where Elgin was going to hit a half-and-half um, half suplex on the um, apron, and then J. White counters into a Kiwi crusher, which was botched, and I'm surprised no one landed on their neck. That looked absolutely um, brutal. Um, the commentators at the beginning of this match made Elgin look like a sap. So like, oh, he does nothing but go to the gym. J. White does stuff. It's like, wow, poor Elgin. <laughs> poor Elgin. Um, the end, let's... Okay, near the end, um, there's this thing where I just put, fuck, so I need to just read it out in its entirety. Blade Runner counted into KO elbow. Saeedu Suplex counted into knee and warring elbow into a half and half and a lariat. Elgin hits Tiger Bomb for a two. Fuck. (laughs) That was just such a fast sequence for two men of their size. Neither of them are small boys. Um, Elgin goes for the Buckle Bomb, hits the Buckle Bomb with some... Um, the, struggling from Jay White, but Jay White, as said before, brings the ref down and um, hits for low blow, hits Blade Runner for the win. This is a great match. Eight out of ten, easily. Just amazing G1 match. This is like your prototypical G1 exciting match. It was amazing. And wow, I've talked about it for three minutes. That's longer than I talked about any match last time. I swear I'm not going to be like this for every match, kids. otherwise this is going to be a million things long, because I'm basically covering every G1 from now till Thursday. So... Next up was Suzuki versus Yoshihashi, and somehow Suzuki had zero points going into this. Spoiler alert, he has two coming out of it, but that's still insane. He got beaten by Toga Makabe, who, I'm sorry, Toga Makabe was never a contender, ever, in the G1, in the past, like, five fucking years. So, like, um, anyway, Yoshihashi jumped Suzuki at the beginning. You know, the face, jumping the heel, that totally... Makes all of the sense. He starts brutalising him on the outside. Misses a chop. Gets caught up in the ring apron. And that was basically the whole story of the match. Was that Suzuki targeting the injured shoulder. The telegraphed injured shoulder. And it was absolutely brutal. Like he was getting hit by chairs. It was getting thrown into post. It was actually pretty wince-inducing. Especially the kicks. Like Suzuki kicks are wince-inducing to begin with. And then you have an injured shoulder thrown into the mix. Like, ew. I know it's okay, still. Like and Yoshihashi had some comeback spots, almost hit Kama, um had Suzuki cost him a butterfly lock for what felt like a fucking eternity. So it was basically a Yoshihashi match. Um this is probably the best you can get out of Yoshihashi. I'm gonna give it seven out of ten. Really good. Um Suzuki won won, the right guy one, um, with the gotch power driver, which is a beautiful move and I love it to bits. More people need to use but Actually, no. Keep it to Suzuki. I think Um Ono oh used to use it when he was Chris Hero. But he can't use it with the WWE, obviously. But, you know, Suzuki used it and it was grand. And, yay, he finally has points on the board. Win this Suzuki. Beat the shit out of Jay White. And I was about to say Toga Makabe, but he already beat you, didn't he? Just got done with Evil vs. Maccabe and it was fine. A lot of, it was basically a big pissing contest start. It was like a chop pissing contest and then like a 4 pissing contest and then a man pissing contest. Near the end of the match, you had a Lariat pissing contest. Which, to be fair, a Lariat pissing contest is amazing because it's just big meat just pounding it. Wrestling's really homoerotic. Huh. <laughs> I'm going mad. This is what the G1 does to me. Um, they brought into the crowd, which was fun i loved evil just going well you're not really worth wrestling so i'm just gonna beat you the shit out of you in the crowd and then run back in the ring because you barely got in when you were near the ring which was a good strategy but then makabe sort of fought his way back into the ring um after more strongman wrestling just ended with everything is evil it was fine but i'm not going into detail with with this match i'm sorry it's going to be like this and i'm going to apologize every time to the annoyance of you the audience it's a pod Mania. <laughs> Holy fuck! What a car crash! That is as if New Japan Pro Wrestling did an Attitude Era main event. That was amazing. It was Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Bad Luck Fale, and uh, this night it's basically what you'd expect. You know, Tanahashi was going after the knee. Fale was distracting the ref, so um, Kamacho could go des- could go destroy Tanahashi, and then it just went on and on and on. Um, he kept getting that out of the finish, um, the Ballock 4, um, one time with a sling blade, that was beautiful, and then Tamatonga came out, stun and, um, Red Chiefs saw the whole thing, but he didn't let on, he was going to count, and then he just went up, middle fingers up, fuck you, you're disqualified, and then they wrecked shit up, that was actually much better than I expected, I was much more captivated than I expected, that is 8 out of 10, easily, that is one of the better matches of the tournament so far. It's been re <laughs> I'm really surprised because it's fallout. It just proves Tanahashi can prove can bring the best out of everyone. It's like Shawn Michaels. Just amazing. Except less of a prima donna. Unless you're Tetsuya Naito at uh, Wrestle Kingdom 8. Poor Naito. Hangman versus Okada. I think I would be more forgiving to this if it wasn't a main event. I don't think it should be. I think Jay White and Elgin, just in terms of match quality, should have been... This is one of the weekend matches of the night. I think only Maccabee I and Evo is less interesting than it. Um, Hangman held it on against Wakanda. That was nice to see. But for the most part, I was just sort of on autopilot watching it throughout the whole thing. It was like I was watching a TV main event. Not every G1 match needs to be match of the year, don't get me wrong, but this wasn't even match of the night, you know, and it was the main event. Um, I do like the story of... Okada only getting a win over an easy opponent, that works. Also, he came out with some weird balloon shit, just okay, he's doing his best Yano impression, just maybe that's where he's going, but it was fine, doesn't hold a candle to Paige versus Elgin from earlier in the night like but anyway, finally got into night two after a couple of days of leaving this actually. Luckily, I'm still only two days behind because there's a week behind, so I'm just catching up on both of them today. So if anything sounds different, that's why I'll try and level it in post it if there's any issues I see. Anyway, Toriano versus Koch And oh my. Oh my. Toriano just beat Koch like, welcome to the G1, ladies and gentlemen. This can happen to anyone. Um, there was a ton of roll-ups to begin with. We're still telling the story of Jano trying to abandon bollocks. And he has slowly been descending back into bollocks. In this match, he sort of went full bollock. <laughs> he went full bollock. Um, they started um, brawling outside, as seems to be typical in G1. Um, this is a very safe match for both men, actually. Um, they both t- start taking the ring post off, as is typical in a Yano match. Um Kotra hit a twisted bliss out of nowhere, but I marked out for that. Um the lay of the match, of course, they produce tape. As you do, it's a Yano match and um Koto H- 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 gets taped together. Is still hitting offence with the hand um but eventually just succumbs to Yano's bollocks when Yano tips both him and the ref over. Low blow. Um, one, two, three. Yano has beat beaten Kota Ibushi's undefeated streak in the G1 so far. Um, not sure how I feel. Okay, well, initially I was for- standard anger you get when Toriano beats someone relatively clean. Yano clean, we shall call it. And I'm just sort of like, uh, no, really, him. Like I don't know. It seemed like Kota was ready for Yano's bollocks. So like I don't know. I think it's it's a good story on both sides because, again, Yano can beat anyone when he resorts to his bollocks. It's ve- I'm very mixed about this. I'm, if it wasn't Ibushi, you know, my pick to win, I wouldn't be as upset. <laughs> it's stuff like last year when he put out Elgin. Like, if that didn't put out Elgin, I'd be more happy about it. But, you know, Kota's G1 isn't ruined by this and neither is... And, you know, Yano finally has points of the board, so it makes sense yano always gets a big victory i don't know how to feel about it and if i keep doing it i'll go rambling on in circles forever so you know i enjoyed the match as it was going on i mark out like i do with most yano matches he always has something to mark about out about so yeah i'm fine with this um it's a memorable match at the very least not as funny as him versus omega last year though i look forward to seeing that rematch just very quickly because i know i end up forgetting it once the match is over and i'm just about to watch zack saber jr versus sonata and Rocky Romero there with a weird off the hand Brexit joke to fuck off of your politics. Man, like A, it's I'm gonna assume it's something you know little about and two fucking I'm not I'm watching wrestling to escape this shit. <laughs> Don't bring it up. It's not it wasn't even a good joke. If it was a good joke I'd be bring I'd be applauding you, but you're not funny on commentary, Rocky, just stop, please. I beg you. I missed Don. I'd watch TNA just for his commentary. Best color guy going. Ah, oh, come back, come back Don. And you'll probably be back for the final, but good god. Wow. That was actually amazing. I think I preferred that to Cota versus versus Zack Sabre Jr. That was Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata. Oh, my oh. God, that was so good. I was captivated the whole way through. Like, absolutely captivated. Like, I I have notes, but not many. Like, there was a great <laughs> Masterlock um, spot at the beginning where Zach kept almost getting out of it, and then It's like, eh-eh, back into it. It was so good. Like, Zach stepped out of a sleeper hold. That was... wow. And, like... Uh-huh. Aha! <laughs> there was, that like, an uppercut battle, which was brutal like um fucking there was a skull end into an octopus stretch into like a million roll-ups into a pk then the Zack Saber um Zack Driver rather into a skull end into a roll-up and then an O'Connor roll skull end into a roll-up then into another roll-up for Sonata to win and I oh got this is a technical masterclass Go out your way to watch it. If you haven't been watching G1, or you've been, like, listening to different podcasts to see what's worth watching, this is a technical masterclass. This is my match of the tournament so far, because this replaces Sabre Jr. versus um, Ibushi. This is just... Sonada's coming out party. I don't think he's ever had a better singles match. This definitely tops their match um, in the New Japan Cup, which this was, of course, a rematch of. Amazing chain wrestling. These two have such chemistry together. It was just great. Like... Zack Sabre Jr., is just, like, you hear about people being in holds for ages, back in, like, the 30s. I feel he can pull that off, because, again, he's just so interesting to watch. He moves in an interesting way, and it's just fascinating to watch. You're mesmerized the whole way through. And Sonata, he didn't pull off any of his big spots here. Like, he didn't do a springboard dropkick. He didn't do any of that. It was just keeping up with the technical wizard. And after that Zack Sabre Jr. was teasing, going mad, and he did slap a few young boys. So he's definitely learning from Suzuki. Just, oh, this match was just amazing. I I don't know why I like it so much. I think I just really like really good chain wrestling, and that's basically this match was basically like 10-15 minutes of that, so no complaints from me. Absolutely no compla- complaints from me. 10 out of 10 this match was. <laughs> another another great one. Naito versus juice robinson man the g1 is really getting into full gear at this point just two amazing three amazing matches rather in a row just <laughs> what the fuck night versus juice and this is just your standard new japan slugfest it was amazing bit of a slow start bit of a crisscross back and forth you know um night was targeting juice's hand throughout the whole thing like he'd be doing a standard move but hitting the hand and like Despite it being a very subtle thing, it was very obvious what he was doing and it was just so amazing like his slingshot dropkick de- um drop kick into the hand. Um there was a spot match sp- sp- later in the match where um he went for his um DDT gets counted into a jackhammer, that was great. And the book went from, like, um Destino, counted into Pope Friction, that was great. And then Destino, counted into possible Juice Box, counted into Destino Anywhere, and then he Destino for the win, that was great. And the best one, which is why I kept it for last, it was like, um... Hold on, let me find it here in my notes. Um... Destino counted into Slick Larry, that wasn't it. Destino counters into po- Pulp Friction into German. It was just like, Destino, got out, Pulp Friction, about to jump for it, counters into German. It was just such a sick spot. Um, Naito wins, of course, I said before, with the Destino. And Kevin Kelly, when he hits the Destino, you don't need to keep the O going to the 3, okay? You have a very fucking annoying voice. It isn't. Stop trying to make the gimmick. Stop trying to be Steve Carino. Okay, Steve Carino can get away with that shit because it's Steve motherfucking Carino. You are not Steve Carino, sir. Stop it. Stop it. Especially when you do the super kick because you don't even do it as well as Carino. Especially when you're... Just... Stop. Stop trying to be Steve Carino. But, yeah, another amazing match. Nine out of ten. Just... Amazing. Next up was Omega versus Tamatonga, and, boy, was this overbooked. Wow. Um... Starts um with the Tongans jumping Kenny, and then Kenny gets out with the help of Chase Owens and um, Hangman does his Terminator tope, gets back in doesn't notice that Tamatonga wasn't one of the people he just jumped on and gets speared and that's where the match actually starts um some a great sort of crisscross sequence at the beginning but I'd expect to see from a genius match not necessarily some m g one which is a great little um change of pace um this match didn't really pick up to the end um for me, but it was a great bit where a one wing danger was countered into almost uh um stars clash and I wish that would have just been the ending of the match but Red shoes kicked the chair that was there. Oh, by the way, the chair was there from early in the match. I'm not going to blah, 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 because there's so many matches and I don't want this to be 50 minutes long. Um, so, kick, red shoes kicked the chair out of the way. So, Tama drops Omega, gun stuns Red shoes, which to me makes absolutely no sense. And then um, that, of course, gets him disqualified, and the BCOG start brutalizing Kenny, tries to do a gun stun. With a chair over his neck, but of course, Abushi, Owens, and uh, the hangman make the save. So, <laughs> okay. I get their whole point is they're trying to hurt the BCLGs, but Tama had a real chance of victory. Tama needs to. He hasn't picked up a big win yet. Like, he beat Sonata, I think it was. He's beat someone. He has points on the board. But. Really, I think he should have... Just, if he had hit by South slash, he might have got the three. It made no sense for him to drop him even if the chair was kicked out of the way. You know, it's still a big move to take. So, it just sort of makes no sense. Like, the jump at the beginning, I totally understand. But not necessarily the ending. Of the, this match just sort of fell apart. I wanted him to win just so we, Because then we can get a rematch at King of Pro Wrestling and I think that would be the best thing for I think that's the best feud going into King of Pro Wrestling because it's obvious right now I don't I don't think um, Tamatong is winning the G1 so that could have been the best thing for him and Then again he only has a US title shot, it's all a bit weird but yeah this match really left a sour taste in my mouth, what was good was great, I did expect between these two but it's, it's not as shocking as last year and it wasn't as good as last year so I can only just say that really, such a shame such a shame wow <laughs> that's all i can say well wow, that's ishii versus um goto and just i don't have notes i simply don't have not i was so mesmerized for the match like this is what got me into new japan just the fact that that felt like a real fight this is what the g1 gives us we don't get to see them to fight at any other point because they're both in chaos and we get to see them fight here and they're just perfect for each other this is simply the closest thing we get to a Shibata Ishii match nowadays. Oh my god, it was brutal. Just like the shoulder tackles, the forearm, just every shot made me wince. And like, I thought I'd lost that. Like I hadn't winced at anything in New Japan in quite a while. And actually since the botch um, at last year's G1 final, I haven't winced at (laughs) New Japan, but I was wincing at every single fucking hit. Wow that that needs to be a title feud <laughs> please make it be a title feud it's not gonna be kids in the same action. but god was to still just if anyone's ever sleeping on goto that proved them wrong if anyone's ever sleeping on ishii which i don't think anyone was, he's a firm fan favorite <laughs> they were wrong this block night was possibly the best one you had a bit of everything yet. Um, your fun bollocks with Yano and um, Ibushi. You had your amazing technical masterpiece with Sonado and Zack Sabre Jr. You had your sort of WWE style no bollocks main event with Naito and Juice with some great selling on Juice's part. You have your Attitude Era main event, basically your ICW main event with Tamatonga versus Kenny Omega. And just if you were to draw a new Japan for wrestling match, that would be it. That is Strong Style and Karnet, which is a great name for a show. But should show call a show um, Strong Style and Karnet. But, wow, I don't... I have to watch um the July 22nd show directly after this, because then I'm completely caught up. I don't see any matches on their topping this. We'll see. We shall see, but I don't see it happening. Oh, well. Here we are. That is the best match of the tournament so far. Best night of the tournament so far. Just amazing. Absolutely stunning stuff. I won't lie to you. When I first saw that Yoshi Hashi was the first match I was watching after that Ishii vs Goto classic, I was ever so slightly... Like, look, I just watched five amazing matches in a row. Right, that's going to burn anyone out. And But I'm like, the, the new show's tomorrow. I need to get caught up, because otherwise it's going to be fell more behind I'll end up being back where I was before you know it so I'm just gonna soldier through these and you know what that I didn't have to soldier through much of that match like the first five minutes what it was your standard Yoshihashi affair and I was just sort of like "Eh." like why is he here where's Tai Chi I think that all the time actually I'm not gonna lie but then like his comeback spots were so good, and Elgin sold him so well. Like, um, jumping... Like, the Bokka Bomb into the... Um, like, I call it the Jeff Hardy roll-up. Um, was just... That was so unexpected and... Cool, and he just kept countering out of stuff. Like, he countered out of the Elgin Bomb and got another Burning Hammer and got the Super Kick. It was just... That's the best Yoshihashi match I've... Okay, it's that on night of but like I've it's one of two Yoshihashi matches I can remember thirty seconds after watching it, you know? So but it's worth something. It's worth something at the very fucking least. But Okay, yeah, I'm gonna give it to him. That was a good match. I'm not gonna harp on Yoshihashi for this match. <laughs> you better keep this fucking streak going. Who's his next opponent? I think it's Akada. I can't remember. I remember on commentary mentioning it was Akada. No Su oh no, about Suzuki for Elgin. I think it might be Akada for Yoshihashi. First points on the board and in probably the best match ever, so well done mate. Let me put it this way, he just beat one of my favourite guys in New Japan, despite his personal shit. And <laughs> I'm not mad. So yeah, I'm less mad about this than I am, but yeah, I beating Ibushi, so No again, we're fa- we're fine. Good job. That was bad luck versus evil. Most of it was as, as you'd expect from Bad Luck Valley versus Evil. It was a fine. Big man bro, I guess. Went into the crowd, came back, did some stuff. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. Kevin Kelly fucking Evil was selling his arm, as you do. You know, he had a barricade dropped on him. So your arm's gonna your arm's gonna hurt after that, and Kevin Kelly's like, I I can't understand why his arm's so injured. It's like, Kevin, he had a barricade dropped on his shoulder. How long have you been doing this? You were working in the WWE in the fucking Attitude Era. You've been Ring of Honor's announcer for fuck knows how long. The only reason I could get on with you there is because Steve Carino was carrying you. The only reason I can get on with you in most times is because Don Carlos is carrying you, but Rocky Romero can't carry you and you're the fucking worst kevin like i'm sorry i'm just gonna rant on kevin kelly in a second there's moments where he just goes silent silent but like not even like a moment where he should be going silent it's just like things are happening too fast for his brain to fucking comprehend and he can't do it uh fucking strong style evolved him and the red pro commentator who is also fucking nippy as fuck that I can't, I couldn't watch the, that show all the way through, partly because of the fucking commentary, also the fact that it's basically a Rev Pro show and I don't enjoy the Rev Pro product. But fucking, you have the worst play-by-play guy going, Kevin. Fucking, I can't think of anyone worse. I really can't think of anyone worse. I think Byron Saxton over you. I'm not joking. Byron Saxton's proven himself to be fine at times. Like he was fine down in NXT. He was. Fine. what was it, Beast and the East? It was him and Cole He was fine there. Fucking Michael Cole's proving himself fine. Fucking, there is not a worse play-by-play guy in the business than you. So, fucking, just Matthews. I'll take over you. Matt Stryker, when he had to give a wrong fact, I would take over you. Please, fuck off. You're, you're like the one thing I dread going into most New Japan shows is you doing commentary because I listen to the English commentary because it gives me like English translations of promos, which is really useful because there is sometimes mid-show promos. Also, context can help. Like if I miss something in a press conference, they'll probably throw you in, which is fine. But like sometimes you just distract from a match. A commentator should, you should not notice him unless he's made a great call or a great point. I notice you, but it's not because you're making good or bad points. Anyway, back to this match. All of LIJ and all of um, BCOG came in for the end. It was a fun schmoz. Um Bushi came in. I popped this blowing mist. I haven't seen them really since Super Juniors because um, I don't watch many of the tag matches. And if, when I was watching Kizuna Road, I wasn't paying attention to the tag matches. I was like, Having my breakfast and making a cup of tea, while well, the tag matches are on, waiting for the t- big title matches at the end to happen. So, haven't actually seen Bushi in a while. It was nice to see him. Um, when Niall came out, I properly popped. Um, it's another disqualification loss for one of the BCLGs. Stop. Like it is starting to make no sense at this point. You like, you can you you've shown you can be sneaky about it. Be sneaky about it. Don't just go it. Like he literally just gun stunned. Um, Evil in front of the ref. He didn't need to do that. Ref was just willing to go, look, everyone's just out. We're continuing the match. And he just gun stunned Evil directly in front of the ref. What, how did he think that was going to go? It's stupid. I understand you're not trying not to get any of them pinned, but it's sort of making them look stupid. And I've just noticed for this bit, I've went on for four minutes. Most of that was probably bitching about Kevin Kelly. But yeah, it was a fine big man match, but to be honest, I've seen too much good wrestling to not shit all over it, I'm afraid. Suzuki versus Dre White. Really good technical matchup. At this point, I think I'm 100% burnt out. I'm definitely doing um, the next two matches tomorrow morning at this point. Um, I've just watched too many good matches today and I don't know. I think this suffers. That's the problem with G1. That's one problem I'll give the G1 is so many good matches do get lost in the shuffle, which is fine, but like... Any other match, um, night, this would probably be match of a night, like, but, I don't know, these two just didn't, it was fine, it was a good match, I loved, um, Suzuki being the one to teach Jay White a lesson, I loved, like, the triple P case. I loved the, after Jay White continues to be the enemy of all referees, um, Suzuki catches Blow Blow, and it's just like, haha, no, you dick, and then, like, gotch power driver, I love that, um, not much to say, decent match, I wouldn't recommend skipping it. I wouldn't recommend going out your way to find it. It was a decent match. I didn't think I'd be saying about Jay White and Suzuki after the hot start that Jay White did and how much I love Suzuki. Suzuki's had a bit of a disappointing tournament so far, if we're being honest, but we'll get into that when I get into um, the scores later on in the podcast. Okay, how we end podcast fuck i need to take a little uh, about a 12 hour break from new japan so i'll review the next two in the morning which for you is right now okay tanner versus hangman look it wasn't it was fine i was a tiny bit bored i'm not gonna lie that shouldn't be the case in the tanner match but it was a tiny bit bored tiny bit bored by the way welcome time travel isn't it fun um Yeah, so the only good spot, really, was when they tried to kick each other. They both catch each other's legs. like, you put it down. No, you put it down. No, you put it down. That was...